0: Afternoon or evening, for wherever you may be joining us from today, welcome to the Life Church Podcast. In His presence, before you are seated, I want to read the Word of God from Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven, starting at verse twenty-one. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. The Bible says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those, someone say only those. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish notice the difference Obey the word of God, do what the word of God says, wise. Hears the word of God, doesn't obey it, foolish. He's like a person who built a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers. Of religious law. Today, for a few minutes in your hearing, I'd like to talk to you about this thought that I believe God wants us to hear today. Success that matters most. Someone say that with me. Success that matters most. One more time. Success that matters most. Let's ask God to open our hearts to receive from God's word today. Jesus God, your word is rich. Your word is living. God, it's forever settled in heaven. God, I pray that my heart, my spirit would be open to the word of God today. I pray for the people that would gather in this room, God. Let every single one of us, God, receive from your word. Let your word convict us. Let your word challenge us. Let your word talk to us today, God. I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless you as you find your seats. Most people in this life want to be successful. Kids growing up in school want to succeed in school. Couples, as they enter into a marriage at an altar, their goal is not divorce. Amen? Their goal is to have a successful, healthy marriage. Success is something that we try to attain. It's something that we work towards. I want to tell you at the onset of this message, success does not happen by accident. You will not be successful just stumbling into it. Success is something that we work for. All of us have what we consider the, the, the measure of success. If I was to bring several of you up here at this start of this message and, and, and I would ask you, what does a successful man or woman look like? We all have our measuring stick. Amen? Here's what I think people who are successful usually dress for success. They do. You, you, you go down to Toronto on a busy work day, you will see the successful coming and going. I've been to Toronto with my son, and, and, and you know what, he, he, he's a cool dresser. Um, I used to think I was a cool dresser, but I, I haven't got anything on my son, okay? I was with my son in Toronto, and, and we were there. I don't know, it was, it was a, a midweek day, and we were walking. This is pre-COVID, and, and we were walking, and there, there was these guys um, in particular going with these fine suits on, and, and like, you could see all their socks, okay? They're, they're, it's like they hemmed their pants all a little too short. It was the look of success. They were finely dressed. The ties. Some of them had those little whatever you call those things in the lapel. You know, that extra piece of finery. It was the look of success. The nice suit, the nice tie, the clean cut. I'm sure they smelled good too. We've got our measuring stick. You know, they they got the, the fine watch. They've got the nice phone. This is a little outdated. This is only the 10. I mean, it's the 11, the 12, and the 13 currently. Uh, It's time to get up with the times because success is, you know, we've got our our list of things that are showing that we're successful. Of course, the successful, they have a confident speech. They talk with confidence. They, They go to their office and they got their list of degrees on the wall. They got a nice career, hopefully a, a decent-sized house in the GTA. A decent-sized house. You have to be very successful to have a decent-sized house in the GTA. I'm not talking a big house. I'm talking just, just a, a little house in the GTA. You have to be successful. If you're successful, you, you hopefully drive a nice car. We in our minds, we look at all those things that I just mentioned as the criteria of success. How many agree that that's some of the criteria that we constantly judge people by based on if they're successful or not? And I want to tell you today that, that we all try to look, well, hopefully we do, we all try to get that look of success. We all have that sort of desire to to impress people around us. Well, maybe we all don't, but I'm saying that a lot of people do and, and we, we are sometimes caught up with the look of success, but but the look of success does not mean the person is successful. What you see is not necessarily what you get. You see that guy on the street in Toronto with the, 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 sh- the sh- shoes and the socks showing? He might look successful, but he could be drowning in debt. And there's a lot of that in the GTA that one that has that look of success, their life might be falling apart. Their marriage, their family, all the things that that you're, you're not really seeing the inside. It looks like everything is good. But when the door closes and they're at home alone, they're not successful at all. We may look successful to everyone around us, but in reality, we are not successful when it comes to God's plan for our lives. You know, there's, there's a worldly success, and everything I mentioned so far, that's what I would consider the worldly success. It's the success of the world. Are those things wrong? No. Dress nice, smell good get a good career, get a good education and get over it quickly and then, you know, make some money, buy a house. All those things, none of those things are wrong. But we can't get caught up working hard to attain this world's standard of success and lose out on what the success that matters most is all about. I've seen too often, and I've, I've watched people uh, come from from different countries of the world to. When we lived in America, we lived in Virginia. I watched them come to Virginia, and they came with not very much. And 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 America and Canada is the land of opportunity. And I've watched them come, and they're godly people, and they come to church. But over the course of time, jobs keep them away from the house of God. And jobs and and life and and making money and, and doing all these things and getting all the stuff that they never had before takes over. And pretty soon you find they're no longer going to the house of God. They're no longer concerned about the prayer meeting. They're no longer getting their kids to youth department meetings. They're no longer concerned about godly things. They sacrifice all their time for the almighty dollar. And their family time suffer. That they've got their ladder up against the wall of success, and they think if I can just climb this ladder against this wall, everything is gonna be a-okay. But later in life, we find out, and they find out that their ladder is against the wrong wall, it all doesn't make sense. When you talk about the success, that really matters. I believe that there is a success that we need to be reaching for. I'm not talking about a worldly success now, but I believe that there's a success where we partner our lives with the Almighty God, and we say, God, I'm going to live my life for you. God, I want to have that true success that comes from you. I want to be successful according to the Word of God. I want my life and my family to be aligned with this book. I'm not so concerned about the success of this world. I'm concerned about the success that really matters. Too often, we even as believers, we get caught up with the success of this world. And I've already said, none of that is necessarily wrong. But don't let it become the only thing in your life. Questions I have for you today. Can you really guarantee success? Is there a secret? Is there, is there something, Pastor Steve, that would help me guarantee or find that secret of success that really matters? I believe the word of God is very plain. And I believe the answer to those two questions is absolutely yes. If you want to be successful in this life, successful in an area that really matters, I believe the word of God is going to give us some answers. I believe the word of God is going to give us some guidelines that will help us be successful on that great day. Here's here's three things, very simple today, three things that I believe that if you would make this a part of your life, these things, these three things will help you guarantee godly success. Number one, pray. You say, Pastor Steve, I came on a Sunday morning and, and you're gonna tell us to pray You mean that's it, Pastor Steve? You mean this is church? Everybody should. I'm telling you, everybody doesn't pray. I'm the pastor, and there are times my day gets almost gone, and I haven't found time to get alone with God. And if I have this problem from time to time, so do you. Do I get a witness in the house today? I'm challenging you, this is a simple truth, but find time every day to get alone with God. I'm not saying it has to be an hour. If you can pray an hour a day, all, by all means do it. But I, I'm just saying, have that time. And everybody's time is going to be different. Now, the Bible speaks a lot about seeking Him early, okay? Okay? There, there, there's a message to be preached. I'm not preaching it today, that, that we should get with God early. Now, I know everybody in the room is not an early person. There's some of you that early is never going to work for you. But the word says that we should seek him early, so I'll let you deal with that with God, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying find the time every day to get alone with God. It might be on your lunch hour as you go to your car and you spend 15 minutes and you read your Bible app. The prayer, or the, or the scripture in the Bible app. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anyone remember what we're talking about with that? Live Church is reading through the Bible this year and we're, we're on day 303, I think, today. I'm telling you, is it 33? 304? 304, okay. I did read it this morning. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm going to get to talking about the Bible here in a moment, but I don't want to get off track. But, but does this God expect when you get up in the morning that He's going to hear from you? Does God expect that when you wake up that sometime during this day you're going to find your place with Him? Is He expecting that out of you, or does God only hear from you when you're in trouble? When there's a crisis, when there's problems, is that the only time that, okay, here they go again. Yep, trouble's coming, okay, I'm going to hear from them real soon. I'm telling you, when you have a relationship with someone, it's going to take more than just calling on them in times of trouble. If you've got a friend and the only time they want to talk to you is when they're on the side of the curb, on the side of the highway and they need you to come and rescue them, that's the only time you give them a call? What kind of a friendship is that? If, if my wife and I only talk when I need food or when I'm expecting the food and I'm wanting the clean clothes and, and, and all that, if we only chat In those times, what kind of a relationship is that? God's wondering if he can expect to hear from you each day. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 42. This is what the psalmist said. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, oh God. There, there's, a, there's an intensity with that verse. The psalmist is saying, God, I need you. Just like the deer is looking for the water brooks. God, I need you today. I need you tomorrow. I need you every day of my life. And it's something that you just, you desire with everything that is within you. Psalm 63 and one says, oh God, you are my God. Okay, we don't like this part Sometimes. What's it say? I'm going to let you say it. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. The psalmist is saying, I need to get alone with God. If I'm going to make it in this world, I need to have my time with him. If I'm going to make it through the day, there's trials and tests coming my way. God, I need to seek you early. Jeremiah 29 and 13, God speaking. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. I'm telling you today, there, there's a, I, I'm giving you just a little snapshot of what the word of God says, but we got to make sure if we're going to be successful in this life, if we're going to make be successful in the area that matters most, we must find time to pray. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning and night. I, I will, of course, the Bible differs with that a little bit. Uh, but I'm just saying, I, I just want you to pray. If you can't get up and pray in the morning early, pray sometime. Okay? Because if you don't do that, you might never do it. Some of you have a commute in the morning or commute at night or lunch in your car, or, or you're, you're a night person and your time is in the evening. Just find a time. Find that specific time where God knows. Amen? Someone say, where God knows. Where God knows. They're going to ta- be taking time right about now. And they're going to be going to me in prayer. They're going to be coming to me. We're going to have a time of communion. And I'm telling you tonight, or today, church, there's great promises in God's Word if we take things to Him in prayer. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, some of the first verses I learned as a child. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him in everything. In all your ways, in every decision, in every challenge, in everything that comes your way, in all your ways, you take it to God in prayer. And the Bible gives us this great promise that if we would just do that, he shall direct your paths. If you don't know what way to go and what decision to make, don't go to Grandma. Well, maybe go to grandma too, but that's not the first place to go. Don't go to some person for wisdom and advice. If you have a decision and you've got a situation and you don't know where to turn or what to do or what decision to make, go to God in prayer. And the Bible says, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he shall direct your paths We must make sure that we are spending time with God. If you take the time to spend time with him, he's going to direct your steps. If you don't know what direction to take, he's going to give you direction because you're spending time with him. Someone say prayer. I'm telling you, prayer is not necessarily the easiest thing to accomplish. It's so simple. It's such a simple truth. But too often it's difficult. The devil knows the power of you spending time with prayer, and he keeps you so busy that prayer gets pushed to the back. It takes determination, it takes discipline. Someone say we need to pray. That's the first thing that we need to guarantee godly success. The second thing, this is profound, okay, get ready. The second thing that will guarantee success is apply God's word. How many got your Bible with you right now? I want you to lift up your Bible. Just just now I know some of you everybody's lifting up their phones and their iPads and we're in a different day today. But if you have a Bible or a phone or an iPad, I want you to lift it up. This is God's word. This is the living word of God. This is guidance for life. These are the the map to get from point A to point B. And we're all trying to get to point B. Amen? This is God's rules and and, and His, his word for us to follow. Now, God's not all about rules, but there is some guidelines on how to follow him. It's not just a book that you read. In fact, um, I got this saying, I, I, I used this a couple years ago. This is just a powerful saying. Any book, on the screen, any book can bring you information. Any book. Textbooks, novels, encyclopedias, go to the bookstore, go to Indigo. Go, go to the library. Any book can give you inspiration or information. But only God's word can bring transformation. This is a book that you need to make sure is a part of your life. If you want to guarantee success in this life, you've got to be connected to God's word. I'm telling you, this, prayer, the Bible. Okay, Pastor Steve, I mean, you mean I came to church on a Sunday morning because of this, these simple, this is what they're learning in Sunday school, Pastor Steve. It still applies. In in fact, it probably applies even more now. God gave a great promise to the children of Israel before they entered into their promised land. Here's what God said in Joshua chapter 1 and verse eight. He says, the book of the law, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why, why, why are you going to spend time reading God's word? Pastor Steve, why, why are we taking our, our Bible app and why are we you know, getting it out and it's, you know, we're reading through this Bible app? Let me find it real quick. We're reading through it. It's now on, um, what day are we on here? Tomorrow is 3.05. We've been doing this for almost a full year now. It's, it's like 10 months of the year are gone. I've got to read Luke 22, 14 through 18. I've got to read Exodus 12 and John 13, 1 through 30 tomorrow. Uh, Pastor Steve's going to expect me to say something on that in the discussion at the end. Like Like, is it really worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Because... The Bible says we're to meditate on his word day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Man, there's some things in here that I must do. There's some living and ways of living that I must live out. Not everything that Steve O'Donnell wants to do is good for Steve O'Donnell to do. There's some, there's some speech patterns, there's some living patterns that I must make sure lines up with God's Word. So I'm going to learn, I'm going to observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, someone say then. If you do that, if you, if you meditate on God's Word day and night, and, and you try to do all the things that are God's asking you to do, then He's going to make your way, What? What was it the say there? Can you guys read that word for me? He's going to make your way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. You want to be successful? You want to be successful a success that matters? Get in God's Word every day. Get in the Bible app every day. Take time to read it. If you read it, if you spend time in it, if you meditate on it, if you let it change you, if you let it transform your life, because it's a book that will transform your very life. If you do that, the Bible says you will have a prosperous life and you will have good success. Hallelujah. God's Word is how we know Him. It's through God's word that we get to know what he's like. It's through God's word that I get to come alongside of him and understand what he's wanting from me. He's got a plan, and he's got a purpose for my life and your life, and it's through his word that we figure out the plan that God has for us. We must know what his word says. How are you going to know what God's like and what God's expected if you never, ever read his word? It's his word that helps us. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, we're to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's going to take some time in his word to rightly divide it. You know what? You, you, you can pick out a, a phrase from any part of this Bible, and you can create a doctrine or a truth around that. It's not truth. It's false doctrine, because it's taken out of context. But if you study it, if you, if you apply it, if you take time to read it and take time to focus on it, God's going to reveal truth to you. And then we apply those truths to our life. That's what we're all about. That's why I worked so hard at the beginning of the year to get you reading the Bible app. Amen? I'm not going to ask you how many have let that go. But there are people here. You've let it go. Shame on you. Seriously, what's more important than spending time in his word? What's more important? What's what's got you so busy that you can't take that 10 to 12 minutes, maybe not even that long, to spend a little bit of time in his word and say, God, what are you trying to speak into my spirit today? God, what, what are you trying to do inside of me today? God, how does this apply to me today? I'm telling you, That's why I spend a lot of time at the beginning of every year getting you to read and sign up for the Bible app. That's why I'm trying so hard to get some of you to come to Bible study on Wednesday night. Because it's the Word of God. It's it's a smorgasbord of good stuff that happens every single Wednesday night. Things that will help you. Things that will just transform our thinking. Things that will make us better people for God. Word to the wise. And that's why I work so hard to get you here on Sunday. So I can see your smiling face through your mask? No. It's because you need to get into his presence. We need to have God come and minister to us. But we need to hear what thus saith the word of God. It's so important. It's so vital that I understand, God, what are you trying to speak to me today? Hallelujah. And we always invite people at the end of our services to come to an altar. Why do you come to an altar? Because you're the the biggest sinner in the planet and you need to come? No, no. We come so that we can say, God, you've spoken some stuff into my spirit today. God, I want you to to apply it to my heart. God, I I want to become everything you've called me to be. God, I I want to do, I, I want to be successful in this life, God. And I want the truths of today's word. Doesn't matter if it's my words or Pastor Jonathan's words or some guest speaker's words. God, whatever the word that came forth today, God, I want to apply it to my life. And those are the things that will make us successful. You know, Sundays are not all about coming and just being entertained. We had great worship here today, amen? We we had great worship here today, amen? Well, what a great job the team did. And it felt so good to come into. But it's not all about us just coming and feeling good. It's about us coming into the house of God and saying, Jesus, I, I need you to change me. God, let your word that is spoken today, Lord, after we've worshiped for a while, after we've praised you for a while, I, I want to hear your word, God, because I want you to make me more like you. God, is that your prayer today? Things that will guarantee success. Prayer. Applying God's word. And the third thing, pursuing God's priorities. You know, in our culture, we pursue a lot of things that we think are important to pursue. We pursue our education. How many are glad that you got some education? Hopefully you are. We pursue our careers I'm grateful that you have careers. We pursue having more money in the bank. I'm grateful for the money that's in the bank. I'm grateful that some of you have pursued owning a home. Thank God for that. We pursue houses. We pursue land. We pursue trips. We pursue vacations. I'm ready for another. Anyone ready for a good vacation right about now? A little little getaway? I'm telling you, we've not had that like we would like to have that. And, and so it's a little bit more challenging. And I'm not saying that any of these pursuits are wrong. Have a great vacation. Soon, hopefully. But we must make sure that when we finally get to our last breath on our deathbed, that all the time and energy that we pers- spent pursuing things are not just the things that won't matter at that moment. I have heard of many people that when they finally get to their deathbed, when they finally are getting ready to breathe their last breath, it doesn't matter the amount of money that's in the bank. It doesn't matter how many thousands are in RRSPs. It doesn't matter how big or small the house is. It doesn't matter the car that's in the garage. It doesn't matter if there's a cottage on the lake. None of that even matters at that point. The only thing that matters at that point is your family and your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that matters. I have watched people chase for things. I have watched people chase for all the successful, quote, successful things in life. And for some reason, it just kind of eludes them. They never really get to attain. They've chased and chased and chased. And they've never attained the thing that they're chasing after. And I've watched others that in the process of all the chasing, they lose their families, they end up broke, they end up lost, they end up alone, and they're they're without God at that time. I'm telling you, that is not success. But there's a promise in God's word. Jesus makes this promise in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek the vacation first. Don't seek the almighty dollar first. Don't seek the house on the the nice street first. Don't seek the education. Don't seek the career. Don't seek any of that stuff first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. I, I, what a great promise that is. Man, I, God, I don't got to worry about seeking all that stuff. I, I want all of that. I'd like to have a little bit of all that. Like, I, I'd like to have all of it. How many would like to have all that stuff? Like, we all, we all have the desire to have nice things and, and, and stuff and, and security for our retirement. We all want that stuff. But the promise from Jesus himself is seek first. His kingdom. Seek first His righteousness. And all of that stuff is going to be added. God's going to add that to you. It's not seeking the stuff first and then God gets at it. No, 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 no. It's it's putting God first. It's putting God and the church and, and the things of God, the kingdom of God first. It's putting righteous living and godly and holy living first. If you do that, the Bible says, he'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. Hallelujah. The the, the slide says this. Find out what's important to God. And make that your number one priority. What's important to God? What, what, What does the word say is important to him? Find out what God says. And his word says, seek him first. It's like the little old lady, she might not have been old, but she was a little lady with, you know, getting ready to die. She had a little bit of meal in her house for her and her son to make one more meal. Just one more meal, and then she said, we're going to die. We've got nothing else. And the prophet comes along and says, make me a cake first. Excuse me? You want me to... To, to honor the man of God and, and the kingdom of God first. She had faith to follow what the man of God said. She pursued the kingdom first. And the Bible said she made him a cake first. Something supernatural took place in her life. The, the Bible says that the, the, the meal barrel did never ever run dry. The cruise of oil never, ever ran out because she put God first. God came through. All the things that she was needing was added unto her. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're to pursue godly priorities. And I'm, I'm not done, but I, I kind of need to be done. I've got a whole section here that we're just... Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's stand. Brother, Brother Jonathan, come back. We're, we're, we're going to conclude this some other time, maybe next Sunday. Uh, but I, I think we're done. Here, here's what I want to say. The word of God that I read at the beginning of this message—I'm going to get into this next week—lets us know that there's a judgment day coming. Someone say judgment day. And on judgment day, it doesn't matter if you just looked the part, or if you were the part. Doesn't matter if you looked like you were the spiritual person at Life Church or you weren't. It really doesn't matter on Judgment Day, all of it's going to be revealed. And there's going to be people, the, the Scripture says, that we're going to find out whether they were truly successful or not. I'm challenging us today, church. There are some things and some priorities that we need to make sure that are a part of our lives. I'm talking to the oldest, to the youngest person in this room right now. There's some things that we need to make sure are the things that we're pursuing: prayer, applying God's word to our lives, and pursuing godly priorities. I'm going to have you bow your heads right now. They're going to begin to play some music here. I I, I, I want us to be challenged today. I believe that the Word of God is challenging us today, individually, as families, our priorities, what's important in life. If you say, Pastor Steve, I've got some things that have been before God. I've got some things that I've kind of put a priority on, and I've not had the time to pray, and I've not had the time to read God's Word, and I've not had the time to seek after Him like I should. It's time to do a heart check today. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to begin to pray right now. Church, begin to lift your voices up for a moment. Begin to pray for a moment. We're going to open this altar here in a moment. And I'm going to invite you to come. If you've got your Bible, I want you to bring your Bible when you come. And I want you to begin to say, God, I want to apply your word to my heart. God, I I want to receive what the man of God has said to receive, what he's taught us today. And God, I want your word to speak clearly. I want to make the changes, God, that are necessary. Because God, I don't want to be chasing after a bunch of stuff and on that day judgment day find out that i was chasing the wrong stuff hallelujah if you would like to pray and talk to god for a moment as we conclude this message i'm going to challenge you to go home by way of the altar we're going to open this altar and i'm inviting you to come if you got your bible bring your bible Some of you might have to bring your phone or bring your iPad, but but just bring it saying, God, I want to apply your word. I want to make sure that I'm going to do the things that guarantee success. God, I want to do what's your word. Let me know. I want to be found doing your will. Is there any others that would like to step out and say, Pastor Steve, I I want to make some changes. or some things I need God to, to work. If God's challenging you today, if God's Storing your heart today. Step out and say, God, I want to make the changes necessary, God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, You can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook. Just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.